Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Hello, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hey everybody, welcome to The Talking Dead for this week. This is episode number 49. 49. And as I say every week, we're inching closer to the big 5-0 for Monday, the July the 18th, 2011. We're in Canada. Shouldn't we be centimetering close? Closer to the big 5-0? <laughs> centimetering. I've never heard anyone say that before. Well, I've never, it hasn't occurred to me before, but we use the metric system up here. Why are we inching anywhere? I guess technically that's true. Centimetering towards 50. There you go. In uh, two weeks, we we will have centimetered all the way there. Now, speaking of the metric system, yeah, it's pretty hot here today. It is. Our uh, temperature peaked at thirty four degrees Celsius, and that's hot. And that's very hot. I did the calculation for our American friends. That equals ninety three point two degrees Fahrenheit. That sounds like a radio station. Ninety three point two. Hot, hot radio, <laughs> hot FM. <laughs> Uh, so it's it's pretty hot here today and sticky and just generally gross. If there's anyone yeah. out there that doesn't really believe that it ever gets hot in this country, it's damn hot here today. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Just for fun, I went and looked up the weather in Atlanta, Georgia, where The Walking Dead is filming, and they often complain about the heat. Mm-hmm. It's only 31 Celsius down there today. Nice. So we are hotter than Georgia by a couple of degrees. Did you spend outside the day outside in the hot sun? Hanging out under a car eating sandwiches? <laughs> I often do that under my car in the driveway. I get Just my, only on hot days. Get right? my kids to bring me a sandwich once yeah. in a while, but why not? No, we uh, were outside a little bit, but we went to the mall this morning and then uh, came back, and then it was too hot to go outside, so we stayed indoors. Nice. And uh, they played, and I watched some TV. And so that's one advantage we have is that uh, we don't have to be outside filming with Zombies. It's and, true. Or be zombies in zombie makeup, because that sounds brutal. Well, standing around in zombie makeup or doing that kind of thing in 31 Celsius or 34, which it was here, Eesh. either way, it's it's damn hot. Icky. So, on the program today, we have our Walking Dead actor Spotlight mm-hmm. with Sarah Wayne Callies. But before that, we have got an update on the Walking Dead news for the week. The news. Let's get right into it. Mm-hmm. Season 2 is well underway filming, so there's all kinds of news coming out about Season 2 now. We've got dispatches from the set, we've got interviews, we've got stuff going on. So there's more things to talk about this week than there have been in weeks past all spring. That's nice. In summer. Isn't it exciting? It's very nice. So the first thing that happened, well not the first thing, but the most recent thing I suppose was last night, AMC premiered Breaking Bad Season Mm 4, and during the show they did a short sneak peek for Walking Dead Season 2. Nice. <laughs> if I can keep all that straight. <laughs> um, we watched it. It, uh, it was, it was kind of cool. Not a lot happened. But, well, enough. But enough happened. It set the stage. It did. It was rather graphic, too. Yeah, it's pretty uh, graphic. If you, if you noticed. So what happened is Rick is in a forest, it looks like, all by himself, hiding behind a tree. and a, a I zombie. don't think he was hiding. I think he was lying in wait. He was lurking. Well, he wasn't really lurking, but he was he was lying in wait. He knew what was going on. He wasn't hiding. He was not afraid. No, he didn't look afraid, did he? No, he, he was lying in wait. He knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. But, I mean, he was hiding from view of the zombie. Yes. 
so, you know, the zombie didn't know exactly where he was, I would have to assume. Right. Anyways, he picks up a rock that looked a little bit like styrofoam. It was a foam rock, yeah. But enough like a rock that I can, I'm, I'm okay with it. Well, he bashed in that foam head pretty good with and it. And he bashed in that zombie's head until it was flattened like a mashed pear. A mashed pear. Yeah. Well, I guess you could, yeah, really. That's and, pretty good. So what did you think when you when you saw him hammering that rock down in his head, continually getting more concave? Oh, uh, well, what I thought of Rick was that uh, he's becoming the, uh, the Rick Grimes that we know and love in the comic books. He's... Uh, you know, he's more confident. He's not afraid of the zombies anymore. He is on the offensive, and he knows how to deal with them. So that was nice to see. Um, what uh, Special effects-wise, it seemed a little cheesy. Like the, the rock seemed a little, you know, styrofoamy, and so did the head with the little bashy bits. But, uh, you know, overall, I think the scene was very powerful, and it was a nice way to set the tone for the upcoming season. You know, it could have just been, been early, too. Like, this is the first... Uh non-behind-the-scenes footage we've seen. Right. And, you know, they might have just shot this on day one, first thing, just to get it out of the way because they knew they wanted to use it for something. And, right. You know, they don't have the finished rocks yet or the, the zombie head isn't quite done yet. So, you know, it. I thought it looked okay. Yeah. I and, didn't think it was... The special effects weren't great. But no, Rick was great. He was great. He yeah. is generally great. Yeah. So that's cool. It's online now. If you head over to the amctv.com Walking Dead blog... It was posted uh, shortly after it, it aired on Breaking Bad. I did something funny just in case it wasn't going to be online anywhere. I cammed it off my own TV while you we did. were yeah while we were watching Breaking Bad so that I could rewatch it a couple of times if I needed to. That's that's great use of technology, it, isn't it? I held my phone up to the TV and video. Oh, you used it your up. phone. Yeah, awesome. That's what I mean. I, <laughs> I I recorded it on the phone. I recorded the TV on another recording device. Are you uh, are you now admitting to copyright infringement? Is that is that what you're doing? No, I just I deleted it because I don't. I didn't. No, need the to simple keep it fact that, that you recorded it, I think, is copyright infringement, regardless well, of what you do with it. Well, but we know, won't get into that. <laughs> We're in Canada. We're in a kind of a gray area. Kind of a gray zone here. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I it's illegal to, but not enforced. I wanted to make sure I could watch it again a couple of times so we could talk about it in depth here. Yeah. That's that was the reason. Nobody's coming after you. Don't worry. I hope not. <laughs> well, who listens to this? Yeah. Nobody listens to this. Well, I don't know. Especially the cops. One or two. I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll find out. If we're on the air in two weeks, you'll know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Emmy. The Emmy nominations were announced. Those yeah. are the awards for Outstanding Achievement in TV. I don't know if that's their tagline. I just sort of made well, that up. Why not, really? But that's what they Television are. awards. The Walking Dead garnered three nominations in the categories of Outstanding Prosthetic Makeup. Well-deserved. Right. Outstanding visual effects. Excellent. Meh. And outstanding sound editing. I think also well-deserved. Yeah. Now, there was a lot of um, hullabaloo on the internet because... Griping. Yeah, a lot of griping because the show was not nominated for any of the major categories, such as Best Drama Series, any of the lead actors, or anything like that. Right. People so, were a little upset about that based on, I guess, because the ratings were so good and people almost universally loved the show. Yeah. I mean, there was some dissent, but, you know, everyone seemed to think it was a fantastic show. Certainly one of the best of the, the new shows of the year. Yeah. So why wasn't it nominated in these other categories? That's what I want to pose as a question here right now. Well, the only thing I can think of really is that there were only six episodes. So um, it's sort of, a, it's more like a miniseries than an actual television show, but I know the Emmys also have miniseries stuff in them. Uh, but that might politically be a little... Uh, 
you know, what the uh, the judges were thinking or whoever was in charge of the nominations. You know, it's like, well, there's only six episodes. We'll wait till next year until they, uh, you know, have a full season before we uh, really give them the, the nod. Yeah, you're kind of saying they almost weren't taking it seriously in the first yeah. year, for lack of a better way to pres- to say it. You know, when you say take it seriously, that could also be uh, true for the entire zombie genre, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you take... This is the first real zombie television show. You know, they have a lot of ground to go before they can really be taken seriously by the uh, by the man, really. It is, but in some ways, it's just... Um, it's related to science fiction, right? And sci-fi shows have been especially lost... Although that might be a special case because it was so ubiquitous. But yeah. Uh, yeah, what I did here is I listed the competition uh, or the or what did get nominated in some of these other categories. And I just thought I'd run through them here. Best Drama Series, the nominees are Boardwalk Empire, The Good Wife, Mad Men, Friday Night Lights, Dexter, and Game of Thrones. Like, holy crap, those are good shows. There's a lot of quality TV right there, you know. Uh, I think you've seen more of these shows than I have. I've seen them all. You've you watched Game of Thrones already? Uh, not all of it, but I've seen half the se- se- series already. All right, so you've seen almost everything there. I've only seen Mad Men, Friday Night Lights, and that's now, it. Game of Thrones is good, and it's actual fantasy, which is nice, but it's, it's kind of boring too, right? It's it's a political thing, and it's just like it's every once in a while, you know, we'd be watching it, and Jenny would yell out, "Bored." <laughs> I'm glad I don't watch TV with her in the room very often. <laughs> That's fun. It's entertaining. Uh, but people are loving the Game of Thrones. And, of course, Dexter is fantastic. Oh, Friday Dexter's Night great. Lights is, is always good. Good and show. Mad Men, The Good Wife, Boardwalk Empire you liked. So, um, there, yeah, I, when you see that list of TV, I'm not surprised that The Walking Dead didn't get nominated in Best Drama Series. Well, I'm a, I'm surprised, but... Not disappointed because, you know, they picked good shows. It's not like they picked a, a bunch of crap and said, you know, The Walking Dead does not you know, live up to the standards of this crap because then I'd be very upset. But, you know, those are good shows. All I've, I've, I've seen at least half of the episodes of all of those shows. I've seen all of the episodes of all of those shows except for Game of Thrones. So, you know, it, uh, it would be nice to see it on that list. It would be in good company, but... Uh, those are good shows. Well, let's go for next year. Let's say we got 13 episodes in season two. Yep. And if they, you know, maintain quality that like they, we expect them to, maybe we'll see it there next year. I hope so. Lead actor in a drama series. The nominees were Steve Buscemi for Boardwalk Empire, Michael C. Hall for Dexter, Kyle Chandler for Friday Night Lights, John Hamm for Mad Men, Hugh Laurie for House, and Timothy Oliphant for Justified. So, Justified, another good show. A lot of the same shows there, but we had House and Justified, and again... Crap load of good actors right there. Yeah, I'm, not and, a, I'm not a big House fan, but I like Hugh Laurie in general. Yeah, that's true. I've seen a couple episodes of House, and, and the th- I like that show in small doses. Yeah. The character gets to me after a while, and if I had to watch a whole bunch in a row, I don't think I'd be into it. Right. But, as you say, Hugh Laurie, great, great actor. Timothy Oliphant, everything oh, well, he's in is amazing. And Justified I watch, is great. I gotta watch Justified soon. Yeah. So I like his character in Justified more than I like his character in Deadwood. Well, that's saying that's saying something. That's saying a lot because you love the Deadwood. I do. Uh, so I'm not surprised that we don't. Again, not surprised that we don't see uh, Andrew Lincoln in there, lead actor. Yep. But maybe next year. I'm going to quickly do two more categories: lead actress in a drama series, Kelly McDonald for Boardwalk Empire, Christina Hendricks for Mad Men, Michelle Forbes for The Killing, another AMC show. Yep. Uh, Archie Penjabi for The Good Wife, Margot Martindale for Justified, and Christine Baranski for The Good Wife. All good. All good. Haven't seen them many of them myself, I don't except know who for Archie Punjabi. Is if it's it's a character, I think it is. Then 
She is good. The thing about this is, the one that struck me here is Michelle Forbes for The Killing. I mean, she was good in that, but her performance in the show was a little one note. It's like, how could we... It was we, pretty wooden. How could we... She was the depressed, um, you know, sort of depressed mother throughout the thing. Yeah. Depressed, angry mother, you know? And that's fine. That's what she needed to do in that role. But if she's nominated, I could have seen Laurie Holden being nominated in that category. Yeah. Well, okay, so I don't mean to say wooden, but I think you are correct in that she didn't have a lot of depth. She was this at the beginning, and that basically it just, it didn't, uh, her character didn't deepen, it just got clarified. Yeah, and, but it was good. I mean, I'm not it saying good, it was yeah. bad, it just, it was not a lot of range. consistent, yeah. I mean, you know, throughout. Uh, now, finally, casting. I pulled this one out just because I think the casting in, in Walking Dead is phenomenal. I think yep. all, everyone is cast really well. So, casting for a drama series, Boardwalk Empire, Mad Men, The Killing, The Good Wife, and Game of Thrones. You can see a theme here. I can. Um, here's, some, here's one where I, I guess they, they, they look at, I don't know, how, would, how, how they judge casting, I'm not sure. But if you ask me, I think The Walking Dead is one of the best cast shows there is. Yeah, I would put uh, The Walking Dead in here instead of The Good Wife. Truly. Right. In, in my opinion. You know, Game of Thrones, the cast is phenomenal. Uh, you know, you like each individual character for its own merits. You know, same with everything else. Boardwalk Empire, same thing. Mad Men, all the characters are awesome. The Killing, uh, same kind of thing. The Killing, I think, is an especially well-cast show, actually. They yeah. pulled out some, some uh, um, like Michelle Forbes, we know from Battlestar and some other places. Um, but um, the guy who plays Hol- Holden yeah. or Holder, Holder or Holden on The Killing, you know, he's, he was a total unknown as far as I know. A Swedish guy, I believe. Um, and he was cast really, really well. And everyone on the show is cast pretty good. So I'm, I'm not surprised that that's in there. But I think The Walking Dead stacks up against any of these. Uh, I would have put The Walking Dead on this list at least myself. You know, if I were in charge of the nominations of the Emmys. Maybe. Over which me. I should be. Of course you should. I should at least be included. That's it would right. be nice to be asked anyway. <laughs> Just to be asked. Yeah. I, you know what? If I was going to pull one of these out, and granted, I haven't seen them all. But if I was going to pull out the one that I have seen, it would be Mad Men. You think so? Been around for four years. It's well cast, sure, but, you know, I mean, th- that show was cast four years ago. They're not bringing a lot of new people in all the time, so Well, it depends on the definition it? of casting, right? Well, yes, true. Th- They did a good job casting this show. You know, that's a first-year kind of award. Right. So that should all be, uh, a, you know, a new show award every year, whereas casting is, is it the best <clears throat> cast on television? Well, the award goes to the casting director, though, not like the producer or whatever, as far as I know. So it's the right. actions of the casting director. So when they nominate Mad Men, I think they're looking at what they did in the last season of Mad Men in terms of new characters, extra characters, and uh, maybe just how how it all worked together that way. So, it, but I, I don't know 100%. Well, yeah, I'd pull out the uh, Mad Men and the Good Wife then because they've been on for multiple seasons. Everything yeah. else is new. I'm not saying the casting director isn't doing anything anymore, because obviously they are. People are coming and going all the time. It just seems like, you know, some shows might be a little bit more deserving than others. But what do we know? Let's move on. So all we can say is congratulations to The Walking Dead for the three nominations it got. The three well-deserved makeup, visual effects, and sound editing. And hopefully it takes all three of those home. I would like that. The first zombie of season two. This comes from a video on uh, released by AMC. It's a sort of a spotlight on one of the zombies that Greg Nicotero, our um, 
visual effects supervisor. Uh, he go, he runs through. He, I guess they found one of the extras on set who he especially liked, and they kind of did a bit of extra work with her. Yep. And the note I made here is that maybe this is the bicycle girl of season two. It as, could be. As you all know, um, we had Bicycle Girl in season one, and she got all sorts of press and featured, and they did videos on her. And I think this might be the one we're going to see a lot of for season two. Well, we should get her on the show. We should. Absolutely. All we know is her first name is Ashley. So Nice. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley. if you're out there, <laughs> give yeah. us a call and come on. And you can tell us all about it. Um, but Nicotero walks us through uh, sort of what they did to her, giving her... Um, uh, contacts, and she had these really big eyes, which looked really freaky. They really did. She really could open those eyes wide. Yeah. They were abnormally large in proportion to the rest of her head. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. Yeah, no, it's good. It looks, it looks amazing. It she looks... had a good zombie walk, too. She was, little, uh, she was doing her zombie thing there. It was, it was neat. Yep. It's a cool video. You can find it over on... Well, I watched it on MTV's uh, Splash Page blog, but I'm pretty sure it's on the AMC uh, Walking Dead blog as well. Go check that out. It's pretty fun. So, next item. Uh, this uh, weekend, as we know, is the San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> which we are very familiar with and wish we were at, but it didn't work out. We'd be leaving like tomorrow. Or maybe even today. No, and it's Monday. Probably in the next couple of tomorrow days. Tomorrow or right. Wednesday, we'd be getting on a plane and going, going to, to California, my favorite place. California. On yeah. That's right. Uh, so, the Walking Dead panel will take place on Friday, July 22nd at 11.15 a.m. Kind of a strange start time, but that's where it is, or when it is. It is going to have the following people on the panel. Andrew Lincoln, mm-hmm. John Bernthal. Good choice. Sarah Wayne Callies. Excellent. Stephen Yun. Perfect. Jeffrey DeMond. Good. Frank Darabont. Yeah, excellent. Gail Ann Hurd. Excellent. Robert Kirkman. Perfect. And Greg Nicotero. All right, who else? That's it. I think that's almost the same people that were there last year. Um, I don't remember exactly. But that's, you know, that's almost everybody right there. Yep. After the panel, there will be an autograph session at the Walking Dead booth, number 3721, from one thirty to 2.30 in the afternoon. Nice. And if anyone out there is going to the con, and, or, and especially the panel, we want to hear from you. Stick your phone in their face and get them to give us a bumper. <laughs> that would Hi, be- this is Greg Nicotero, and you're listening to the Talking Dead podcast. Well, that would be cool, but even beyond, even you know, without that, if you want to go and just tell us what it was like and describe the footage they show, you can come on the Skype and uh, tell us all about it. It'd That'd be, be really good, actually. It'd be really good, since we can't go, and we're kind of bummed about that. I'm sure somebody out there is going. Let's email everybody that's going and see if they want to do this for us. Do you have a list of everyone that's no, going? No, but contact them. I'm sure they'll give it out. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Can we have a contact list of all of your ticket holders, please? Yeah, that'd be great. I'm sure they don't mind doing that. Please. We couldn't go, so we want to contact them. Yeah, that's right. They're we wish very we were... nice over there. I'm sure they would do that for us. We wish we were there. But if you are there, seriously, and you want to come on, at least send us your thoughts in an email or some phone messages. And if you are really great, by all means, we'll get on Skype and you can tell us all about it. So, yeah, that'd be, that'd be um, awesome. We can, we can make it work. Do we know anybody down there that we can send? Uh, no. Sadly, we don't. Oh, well. Sadly, we don't. I'm sure some of the other Walking Dead podcasters are going to be there, so uh, maybe we'll hook up with them. Yeah. Do something together. Um, all right, continuing on the theme of season two, uh, Robert Kirkman did a set video. Now, if you remember from last year, he's kind of the guy that goes to the set and just sort of jokes around. 
Yeah. Last year, he was <clears throat> under a huge pile of zombies and just sort of started, hi, I'm Robert Kirkman. Yep. <laughs> Nonchalantly. Excellent. Well, he kind of does the same thing this year. He hangs around. He goofs off. Uh, at one point, he tries on Rick's hat and plays with his gun and doesn't really know how to use it and stuff like that, which is funny because um, Andrew Lincoln takes the gun out of the holster, checks the the cylinder cylinder for any bullets before he hands it to him. <laughs> it's a good idea. I guess so, except it's not a real gun, probably. It doesn't matter. Really? Yeah. So it's a... They, I'm sure it fires blanks, which means it's probably, uh, you know, it needs to be saved when you hand it over to someone. Because even blanks are dangerous. Is that what that's called in, in that kind of gun where it, there's the round thing with the six bullets in it? Cylinder. Cylinder? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I think they were just doing it for a laugh. Yeah. Also, you know... Uh, uh, when you hand it to somebody, you check it before you hand it to them, and then when they get it, they're supposed to check it too. Well, that does make sense, Yeah, I guess. You don't want to accidentally shoot anybody in the face. Yeah. Every time you pick up a, a firearm, you're supposed to assume it's loaded until you check it and make sure it's not. Also a uh, good idea. Yeah. And as we know, these guns only hit people in the head, so if there was ever an accident... Oh, yeah, they're dangerous it magic would, weapons. It wouldn't be like a you know a shot to the foot or something that someone would recover from. You yeah. Know, it'd be right through the nose or something. Yeah, it would be a shot to the head, and then some kind of magical squib would go off because you know people <laughs> don't really get shot in the head in the show. So I guess not. So, anyway, it's a magic weapon. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty much Robert Kirkman in the video just goofing around and, and uh, hanging out with some of the zombies and, and the cast and so on. So if you're into that, go check it out. I thought it was entertaining, but not a lot new there. But uh, that's okay. That's what Kirkman does. He's busy in the writer's room. When he goes to set, he's just like, hi, I'm here to act like an idiot. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah. I have, no, I have no specific job here, so I'm not under any pressure. So let's go have some fun. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would do if we Me were too. There. I wouldn't need, you know, nobody give me a job on set, so might as well goof off. Talk to people. <laughs> so, speaking of goofing off, um, last week a teaser trailer for season two was apparently released. It came out. Some people were like, wow, look at this. It looks kind of cool. And then, you know, a few minutes later, everyone said, no, it's fake. And in fact, Kirkman and I believe Gail Ann Hurd went on Twitter and said, there is no season two trailer yet. This is a good one, but it's fan-made. Yeah. Now, the funny thing about that that happened after is that FX UK, during the, their premiere of another show called Falling Skies, broadcast it um, as a teaser for Walking Dead season two. So I think one of two things happened. Right. One, uh they were fooled for whatever reason and actually took it to air, which I don't think is very likely. Right. Or B, they made it. It has nothing to do with season two other than they staged some zombies and a uh, guy who sort of looks like um, Andrew Lincoln to take a shot at the zombies. Right. It's definitely fake in my head. My brain tells me it's fake. It's a little too gratuitous, and the special effects are so out of line with uh, the way the show is, and it's so it's such a departure from any kind of style that uh, that The Walking Dead used in anything, posters, trailers, anything. But the thing is, I'm I'm the word fake is what I is what I'm wondering about because I fake implies that like a fan made it or someone completely unrelated made it. I think FX UK probably created this thing as their own ad using different zombies, different effects, and a character who was dressed in the uh, um, 
costume for Rick. Right. But it wasn't him because you don't ever get a clear look at his face either. Or they contacted they found out who made it, contacted them and said, "We want to put it on TV." And they did. And who would say no to that? And who would say no to that? Yeah, may, maybe. I don't know. I, as far as I know, no one has come out either way other than Gail Ann Hurd saying it's uh it's not it's not real. But the, the interesting thing is she said it's fan-made. So right. if if FX UK is doing it, even, you know, the producers in the US don't know what's going on which i find hard to believe well yeah they may have okayed it kind of thing and you know fan made is doesn't mean it's fake it just means it's not they're fans i guess they're fans that's okay <laughs> they can make stuff that's true remember the opening credits we uh, had for last season yeah those were awesome better fan made i think they're still better than what yeah i think so actual, too the actual show uses yeah. um but that's a different story so, anyways, if you want to check out this fake, uh, it's not fake. It's fan trailer. made. Okay, fan made. Fan made trailer. I wouldn't. Have, let's. Let's. You know, it's good. It's a little too gratuitous, and I'm not sure I like the slow motion with the flames and the bullet and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, fan made. There was a lot of flames coming out of that gun. It, it sure was, was. It was a cross uh, gun or handgun slash flamethrower. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Handheld <laughs> flamethrower. One hand. I don't think they make those. Well, I mean, if you, instead of using gunpowder, you used butane, <laughs> the bullet would go very slow and there'd be lots of flame. That is true. Like that is zip, true. Zip gun. I wonder if the Zippo bullet would gun. go anywhere. I don't know. Probably just fall out the end of the barrel. Maybe if it gets that far. You need a lot of pressure to get that thing through the barrel because it doesn't quite fit, eh? When you, it's actually bigger than the barrel itself. Really? Because that way when there, there's rifling in the barrel. I know that. So the bullet has to be slightly bigger so that it go, the, the grooves are made into the bullet so that the bullet will actually spin. So it can't, it can't be an exact fit. Mm-hmm. So. Well. Anyway. And, and get, to get it all the way through the barrel takes a lot of pressure. It's like a screw. But exactly. shooting out. Yeah, it's like a tap and die set. There you go. <laughs> Only really fast. All right. So go go over. I watched this at <coughs> horror-movies.ca, but it's it's all out there. You can go check it out if you want and see what we mean. Oh, one more thing. I thought Rick's arms didn't look right. That's what tipped me off. They Dude. show him holding the gun with his arms, and it don't, they don't look like Andrew Lincoln's arms. You I'm just are saying. an expert on this? Were mm. they too big? Were they too small? The, to me, they looked a little too big, a little too muscular in, yeah. in, in the arm. Yeah. Like, see my arm? It's thin and girly and no muscles at all. Yeah. I'm I'm sort of in between me and this guy in this trailer, I think, is where Andrew Lincoln falls. Right. So you think Andrew Lincoln is more muscular than you, but less muscular than the dude in the trailer. Than the guy in the trailer. All right. right. <laughs> and that's what tipped I, me off. I, I just I, think I, I didn't know you had an arm scale like that. Uh, neither did I. My <laughs> arms, this guy's arms, that guy's <laughs> arms, that muscular guy's arms, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger's Schwarzenegger arms. Schwarzenegger arms. That's right. That's, right. that's the arm scale. Oh, we've got Dolph Lundgren on there somewhere. No, you only need one guy like that at the top end. Popeye on the other end. <laughs> Popeye. <laughs> I give this three arms. It goes from olive oil to Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's how I rate stuff. <laughs> it's the arm scale. Yeah. Uh, okay. Interview with Bear McCreary. As mm-hmm. we all know, he is the composer on the on the show. And he was interviewed by Bloody Disgusting about scoring season two. He said, geographically, obviously, we are on a journey and we are traveling and they are reaching new locations and perhaps new people. They are reaching new people. Also, as the relationships broaden and as we get to know our characters better, I think the emotional connection we have with these characters is going to deepen as well. Mm -hmm. I think that will translate into a deeper score. and I think the score will start commenting in a more emotional way. I'm really looking forward to that. 
That sounds like fun. So he's just got some big ideas, I guess. Uh, music supports what's going on on screen, and he does it better than anybody, I'd say. Mm-hmm. He also says about whether he draws influence from other zombie movies or properties, he says, I think the bigger influence for me, for better or for worse, was my knowledge of the comic books. Having read the comic and keeping current with it, I feel like I know these characters so well. In a weird way, that was influencing me because when we meet a character for the first time, I already have these opinions and feelings for this character. That could be both a good thing and a bad thing. In many instances, I had to make a conscious effort to stop thinking about what I know from the comic and just score the footage in front of me. I can see that being tricky. That would be tricky. I have a hard time with that. Being hard to do, yeah, because you know what these people have done and are doing in the comic. Yep. And like he said, you already have a sort of an opinion about them. I've right? already got my mind made up about Maggie. <laughs> she hasn't even shown up in the show and yet. she's not even on the show. She'll be on soon, though, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Herschel? <clears throat> exactly. We know these characters well if you're reading the comic, right? Yep. And uh, it's like you have to re- get to re-know them on the show. And I can see if you're that close to it and you're trying to work on it, you're like, well, wait a minute, this is, you know... This is uh, Shane, but it's not Shane from the comic book. No, it's, it's not the same Shane. It's, it's a different, different Shane. Shane. So you got to make sure you factor that in. I can see it being tricky to do that. However, everyone involved are professionals, and they can separate the comic from the TV show and do what's best for the circumstances, I'm sure. Get her done. Get her done. <laughs> exactly. Get that music done. <clears throat> Finally. In the news this week, um, this is just kind of a quick one. The uh, AMC blog for The Walking Dead released a gallery of international Walking Dead posters. And I just wanted to mention this because I thought it was really fun to see some of the stuff that they use outside North America, mostly in Europe, although there was some, uh, I think there was one from Korea or somewhere in Asia. But it's fun to see the differences, and I like seeing it in different languages and things like that. So. Yeah, I only saw a few, but they looked neat. They're neat. Like, there's, there was a time in my life where I was kind of interested in movie posters from other countries. Yeah. So sometimes you'd get the same poster, but the title of the movie was different. Um, uh, and often it was translated, of course, and sometimes translated weird, or sometimes the posters were different. And for me, I just found it interesting to see sort of the different ways they marketed films in different countries Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's the actors big up front and center sometimes it's not and so this kind of you know reinvigorated that old interest of mine excellent did you save all the posters uh no make them into a collage for your (laughs) computer backdrop i should do that i should do that but if i could order one i could buy one that would be kind of fun Uh, i'll I'll do a collage and you can buy it off of me to have a big like walking dead spanish poster up here behind me that would be kind of sure i'll do that all right, get on that for me. Charge you a fair price too. <laughs> Good, the printing charge. No, plus, you know, twice that. Sure, <laughs> a big markup. So you can find that on the AMC TV Walking Dead blog. It's uh, it's pretty cool. All right, it's time to take a short break, and when we come <clears> back <throat> after the break, we'll have our Walking Dead actor spotlight on Sarah Wayne Callies. Do not go anywhere. That will be exciting. We'll be right back after this.
For you, the listeners of the Talking Dead podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. What do you have for us this week, Mr. Miles? You know, I think we're going to do uh, Zombie Fest for the pick of the week. Well, that so, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to read the copy they have here. Zombie Fest is here. Over the next month, we'll have four exclusive early release zombie novels, starting with Expatriates by Peter Kleins. With each, with each of the books, you'll get a, uh, one of Klein's four uh, interconnected stories from the Junkie Quatrain as a special bonus, written just for zombie fans like you. I am a, <laughs> I am a zombie fan, that's for sure. So I guess this has been going on for a while now, because there are four books out right now. We've got uh, Expatriates, The Infection, Domain of the Dead, and Asheron. Well... They sound pretty cool. I mean, zombie literature is one of the uh, one of my favorite genres, as you might imagine. And I've read, you know, World War Z or World War Z and things like that. And mm-hmm. That's I believe is on Audible. And uh, so, you know, these are ones I might consider picking up because I'm always looking for new stuff. And it seems like Audible really, really wants me to find these. Obviously, yeah. Look at this. I might uh, I might pick one of these, pick one or two of these up. <laughs> that's good. That's exciting. If you want to find out more, go over to audible.com. But before you do that, uh, go to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead to download your free audio book. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. I'm supposed to feel I should be in control. Okay, welcome back to the show, everybody. This is The Talking Dead, episode number 49, and it is time for our Walking Dead actor spotlight on Sarah Wayne Callies. As we all know, she plays Rick's wife, Lori, on the program, a very important character. And uh, Jason and I went back this week and watched some of her old past material mm-hmm. for uh, just to see how she's developed over time and what she's done in her past before landing the role on The Walking Dead. So her most prominent... TV role in the past, I think, was on Prison Break. Mm -hmm. We watched two episodes, sort of three episodes of Prison Break. This was kind of fun. We watched the first one ever, the pilot. Yep. And then the last one ever, the uh, finale of season four. That was interesting. Which turns out also was released as a a little TV movie. I think it was released on its own as a TV movie called Prison Break, The Final Break. I was wondering what that was. Whether it was after the uh, these final two episodes or what it was, but now, thanks to you, yeah. I now know that it is these two episodes. They were called "The Old Ball and Chain" and "Free," and then they were re-released or rebroadcast as "Prison Break: Colon The Final Break." Yeah. So let's talk about the pilot first. She wasn't in it that much. No, she wasn't. But she did have a couple of key scenes. She did. She plays Dr. Sarah Tancredi. Yep. And the summary for the pilot is Michael Schofield is imprisoned. In Fox River State Penitentiary, he finds his brother, Lincoln Burroughs, who is a death row prisoner, and tells him that he is going to break them both out of prison. Sweet. So you don't find out too much there. Uh, Dr. Sarah Tancredi, played by Sarah Wayne Callies, is the prison doctor. She is, and the obvious setup for the love interest. 
the obvious setup. That's true. Uh, our our main character visits her twice, and uh, he's there, you know, with an ulterior motive. Yeah. Uh, definitely both times. Well, yeah, he uh, does whatever he needs to do to get in there. He pretends to be a... Um, bank robber to no, get in prison. No, he actually is a bank robber. He did rob that, uh, rob that bank, so okay. he is guilty of that crime. No, but he... Uh, he pretends to be diabetic. Oh, I see. To get to saying. the uh, to get to the the, the infirmary, mm-hmm. so that he needs regular shots because he needs to get in there, and he needs. Uh, they actually, I did watch years ago. I watched the first season of this show, so I know how she is. Uh, you know how how she fits into this puzzle. Right. Okay. But uh, you, however, don't. No, I've only seen the first episode and last, so uh, <laughs> it was it was kind of fun for me. Um, I. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It, it was I, very compelling. I, w- I was surprised at uh, you know how much I wanted to. It made me think maybe I will watch the next episode. Well, it made me want to watch the rest of the show. You know, and and it, when it was when this show was on originally, I was never, I never really got the feeling that I would be that into it. I did know people that liked it. Yeah. I worked with a guy who who loved it absolutely. But uh, I was just never on board. I'm like, oh, they break out of prison, and then it's over. Like big deal. Um, I don't know. This pilot was really, really good. So I, I may go back and watch some more of it. Really? Yeah, I might. That's interesting. Might. It was actually filmed at Joliet State Penitentiary. Where's that? Well, I, I don't know exactly where it is. But it's a real prison. It was closed down. Yeah. And uh, in the uh, year 2000, or just shortly, a couple of years before they started filming. But uh, the cell that he's in mm-hmm. uh, is actually uh, John Wayne Gacy's cell. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and so uh, And also the Blues Brothers. <laughs> had, a bit of, had a bit there because why not Joliet State Penitentiary all right uh, as for Sarah Wayne Callies her limited on-screen time I thought she did a nice job she was also uh, her character was related to the governor eh? the oh, governor oh yes she's the governor's daughter yeah right related to the governor huh? <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> related to the governor there you go could be now we also watched the final um as as we've said, she was in this one a lot more. In yep. fact, it was really, it was almost all about her. The old ball and chain? The old ball and chain. So the summary here is Michael and Sarah wed, but the happiness is short-lived when the feds apprehend her for the murder of Michael's mother, Christina. Once a hit is ordered on Sarah, the team reunite to break out an increasingly vulnerable Sarah. Um, so they're out of prison. They're all out of prison. Everyone's out. They're living happily ever after. They get married. They're like sitting there at the reception and she goes back into jail. Well, they've all been pardoned too, right? They have been pardoned for who knows what. Well, for whatever reason, they're <laughs> no longer guilty of their crimes, That's... which is fine for the brother on death row because they was it was a big setup that uh, he was, uh, you know, he was set up from the beginning. Right. But uh, Michael, he actually robbed a bank. He's guilty of that crime. But, right, but he's been pardoned for whatever reason, which we don't really know. But you got to oh. think it's something, you know, events took place during those other four seasons. He must have blackmailed somebody. Well, who knows? Maybe he was, you know, working with the government for a while. Oh, he, that could be too. He paid his debts to society. So many twists and turns. See, you don't really know. All we know is that Sarah goes back to jail and they got to break her out because someone else wants her dead and has put a hit on her in jail. And she's pregnant. And she's pregnant. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Um, again, I really, really liked this. I thought it was pretty self-contained as a as a little TV movie. I don't know this. Uh, you know, I liked the uh, the pilot a lot more than I liked these last two episodes. And I thought that the, these last two episodes really relied on the 
the bond that you had with the characters. And I didn't feel like I had that bond with these characters, so it felt a little... Uh, didn't quite f- make it for me. See, not as much for me. I, I thought the first half an hour sort of you needed... It did need a little bit of the backstory. But once she was in the jail and they were hatching their plot to get her out, it was totally self-contained and you didn't need to know anything about anything that happened in four years of this show. That's true. In my opinion. And and I, I liked it and I can see why they released it as a standalone, you know, movie, TV right. movie, because it saw it, I'd say 80% works that way. Right. Um, you know, and it had a... It was good. It had a good ending. It had. It didn't have a cop out ending, which a lot of these do. It wasn't totally happily ever after, which is nice. Right. And uh, I enjoyed it. And you know, I thought Sarah Wayne Callies showed a lot of a lot of range in this. I one. did too. I thought uh, I thought she was uh, uh, a lot tougher in this than she was in the pilot, which is nice because they kind of fleshed out that part of her character and gave it gave, uh, gave me a feeling of where um, uh, where Laurie can go. Right, but yeah. the uh, so I think that uh, she's going to do a fantastic job as Laurie. She's going to she needs she's going to need that toughness for sure. She yeah. cannot, she portrayed it in this really well, so I think I think that's going to work out for her. Does she have to get pregnant in every show? Do you think? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Uh, we got two and go more. To, and go to a prison and go to a prison. Yeah, <laughs> following a following a pattern here. Yeah, um, related to the governor, huh? <laughs> It's all there. It's all there. It really is. It's all there. I, that governor thing I didn't even think of before, but nice one. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. Uh, I may go back and watch some more Prison Break. I might. I wish you all the best of luck. I don't have a lot of extra time because I watch a damn crap load of TV, but, yeah. you know, the Prison Break was pretty fun. I don't think it maintains the level of these two episodes. I, I have heard that... Ow, I'm sorry. Careful. I've heard that, yeah, the... Uh, Sort of the mid middle zone there isn't isn't quite as strong, right? Because it's one of those shows. And this is why I wasn't interested in it from the beginning. It's one of those shows where it's like an idea that you that that hasn't been taken far enough beyond like cancellation. You know, it's almost like we got a great great idea for a show here, but it'll only last a season, so it's that's all we got. You right. know, prison break, and then it goes four years, and they gotta mix some up. Uh, how up. much? Uh, you know, how many times do they? Can they break out of prison? Well, yeah. Once they're out, oh, good. Yay. Let's change the name of the show. Yeah. Prison. Well, well prison break. I mean, it actually kind of works because it starts off with we have to break out of prison. And then it kind of goes on to we broke out of prison. So this is a prison break. It Was. should be. No, it should be um, a, a, a new start fresh story every season uh, uh, about so? a different prison break. Yeah. That could be an interesting I think concept. that might be a kind of an interesting It's one. too late now, but that's an interesting concept. Yeah, well, TV producers out there, call me. Prison Break, the reimagining. So, uh, Jason, why don't you introduce the next film of Sarah Wayne Callie's repertoire that we watched? All right, so The Celestine <clears throat> Prophecy, starring Math- Matthew Settle, Annabeth Gish, and Sarah Wayne Callie's as Marjorie. Uh-huh. And so, directed by Ahmed... Uh-oh. Armand. Uh, Armand. Help me out with this word. Mastriani, I'd Mastriani. say. Mastriani, okay. An adaptation of James Redfield's novel about a search for a sacred sacred manuscript in the Peruvian rainforest. So that doesn't really tell you anything or give anything away. Well, that's, that's probably the point. But... Because if they gave anything away, nobody would watch this movie. <laughs> Holy crap, was this movie terrible. What a piece 
Piece like, of junk. This is in my top five worst movies I've ever seen. Well, it's pretty bad, but I don't know if it's top five. It is up there with Transformers 2. Like, it was... That makes your top five? Transformers 2, absolutely. Really? Yeah. All right. I can't think of many movies that are worse than that oh, thing. Oh, we could put a whole show together with bad movies. Yeah, absolutely. But the Celestine Prophecy, my wife has read part of the book. Yeah. She didn't get all the way through the book because she thought it was stupid and hated it. Yeah. So she watched part of the movie with me, didn't get all the way through the movie either. <laughs> and I must admit, by the end, I was playing Angry Birds on the phone. Oh, I was... But I left it on, and I, I looked <laughs> and up And you don't watch TV or movies that way. No, because I like to pay attention to what I'm watching. Yeah. But this, I just couldn't do it. No, it was such a pile. I couldn't... Uh, yeah, I was doing something else, too. I, the, I, the concepts were dumb. Um, the acting was terrible sarah wayne callies i thought started okay but by the end i I hate to admit it she was as bad as everybody else in this film but now she none of them had anything good to work with i mean i didn't believe in any of the characters i didn't identify with any of them they jumped right into the story without giving any kind of uh, anything to hang on to emotionally hang (laughs) on to it was just the script was bad the directing was bad the idea was bad the book was probably bad oh it was so god awful. Like it was unbelievably crappy. And uh There's a tenth prophecy. Yeah. That's the Sorry, big twist. Did, at did the I end. did I ruin it for everyone? Sorry. <laughs> um so let I would just like to lay out quickly what this movie was about, and you can tell me if I'm not completely off base here. But essentially, um the core idea here was that what they were doing is taking kind of a, a spiritual concept and weaving evolution into it and combining the two and essentially saying that if everyone was just nice to each other and (laughs) they went nice but giving positive energy that's what i'm saying they they went into all this bs about transferring energy back and forth and like but the bottom line is be nice to people and be nice and you'll receive niceness back from other people if we all could do that we would evolve to a higher state of being and therefore achieve sort of like a human nirvana because, and that would be the next step of human evolution, a spiritual evolution. Right. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It was dumb. (laughs) I I don't know if, if you're totally on board with the Celestine prophecy, I'm all the better for you, but I just don't think it was my cup of tea. Yeah. I told my, I told my wife that I had to watch this and she's like, Oh, I could have told you that that was a bad idea. She hadn't seen it before, has she? Well, she has. She, well, she saw part of it, and she read the book, and, and I said, no, I had to watch it. Yeah, it's part of our like, oh, mini I'm festival s- I'm here. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so she wasn't a fan of the book either, right? No. No. Yeah, giant pile of crap, and I, I hate to say it, but it Sarah, was awful. Sarah Wayne Callies was not even Well, it's not even her fault. I don't think it's any of the actors' faults. That it, I mean, the script was bad. The direction was, I think it was horrible. Yeah. A bad idea from the beginning. Like I said before, though, she kind of started okay before she, she did. was. She was introduced slowly into the film. Yeah. Unlike some of the other characters, by the end she was a huge part of it and terrible. But at the beginning, when she was just in a scene here or there, I was uh, sort of okay with her. Even you know, there's a couple scenes where she had no lines that helped. Yeah. Uh, even when she <laughs> did start to speak, though, it uh, it was okay, but she went downhill. Well, apparently, if you uh, if you give positive energy and you get positive energy in return, you can be invisible. Sadly, yeah, that's it's, right. It's you, true. You're in, well, that's part of it. You're invisible to like the non-believers, right? And so those people have evolved into that next state. 
<laughs> Excellent. Invisibility. As long as, as long as right. As long as they can keep that. That's a power I want. As long yeah. as they can keep that. Well, I'll give positive you positive energy. You give me positive energy. We'll t- see if we can turn invisible. We'll see if my wife can walk down and see us or not. Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. Celestine prophecy. The final movie on our Sarah Wayne Callie's uh, mini festival here, Actor Spotlight was a film called Whisper from a couple of years ago, starring Josh Holloway, who you may remember from Lost, Mm -hmm. Michael Rooker, who you may remember from The Walking Dead, and a host of other things, and, of course, Sarah Wayne Callies as a character called Roxanne. This was directed by Stuart Hendler, and it goes like this. Sinister things begin to happen to kidnappers who are holding a young boy for ransom in a remote cabin. Uh, So basically... What happens here is um, Sarah Wayne Callies, Michael Rooker, Josh Holloway, and one other guy take this boy captive essentially just as a ransom request. They need money. Uh, they need money because Josh Holloway wants to open or reopen a restaurant. Sweet. And, you know, live the good life. Well, why wouldn't you kidnap somebody to do that? Right. So they, he, they kidnap. Um, he's like the son of a you know, politician or something like that, a high-powered, prominent what, person. What, Josh Holloway is or the kid they kidnapped? No, the kid they kidnapped. Because I, I haven't seen this. I didn't get a chance to watch this. <laughs> yes, I know. That's fine. That's why I'm going through it for yeah, you. Yeah, it's all good. Um, and uh, you should watch it and update everyone next week with your thoughts. Really? I recommend it. Really? I, this movie was okay. Was it? It was, it was, um, was kind of your standard run-of-the-mill, like, evil child thriller. Right. Which we've seen, you know, a million times before, but this one wasn't was all right. There wasn't evil child. So the kid, the kid they kidnap is an evil child. Uh, yeah, the kid they kidnap. Um, well, that's unfortunate for them. All they want to do is open a restaurant and kidnap some poor politician's kid. Right. It turns out to be evil. Turns out to be evil. Oh, what a horrible turn of events. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but some bad things happen to these people. Uh, I'm, I'm going to spoil it again. So if you do watch it, you're going to know what comes. But, okay. Um. Everybody dies except Josh Holloway. Now, usually in movies like this, it's at least my experience is that the woman survives. We get Survivor Girl. We get Survivor Girl. In this movie, she definitely is until the end, but she ultimately doesn't survive, and he does. Does does he go through the birth canal? Well, kind of. Um, I mean, he goes through some windows. He goes through a lot of trees in the forest. That might be a birth canal metaphor. Right, there. okay. It's uh, You know what? I wasn't thinking about it while I was watching it, but I should have. But uh, um, the boy turns out to be an angel. At least that's how they describe oh, it. Oh, they're mean buggers. <clears throat> and you can't kill an angel, except maybe you can. So, I mean, uh, you can't kill him. Of course you can kill an angel. Well, you'll have to watch to find we watched, out exactly. Uh, well, you can rip the wings off an angel and make a film out of it and... Uh, that turns out to drive people crazy. Yes. We watched that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in this case, uh, it's not as blatant as that was, uh, that John Carpenter thing we watched with Norman Reedus. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the boy, the boy's okay. I mean, he's your, he's creepy. He's, you know, got the funny, like, evil child haircut that they all have. And uh, the acting is all right. Josh Holloway wasn't too bad. He was... He was slightly different than Sawyer on Lost. That's good. Which is all you can ask from a guy like that. And Sarah Wayne Callies was pretty good. Uh, I liked her in this. She played the scared victim pretty well. There wasn't a lot of her, um, I don't know, standing up for herself. Wait a minute. She was one of the kidnappers and she was a scared victim? Well, she she was her role there on the team of kidnappers was to uh, uh, kind of keep the kid in like den mother i think that's what they call right. it keep the kid sort of in line and taken care of this movie sounds sexist 
maybe a little, but she was there to keep the kid, you know, feeling like he had a parent parental figure there so he wouldn't be too traumatized. Well, he's or an angel. Like he doesn't have a parent. Yeah, but they don't know that, of course. Right. So, <laughs> uh, but she, she was okay. She had some, she had some pretty emotional scenes. Um, she was always kind of on the kid's side until the end when she realized that he was, you know, the one killing them and doing bad stuff. Right. Angels um, can be mean. Well, he was a mean little bugger. <laughs> he was. Uh, you Which know, angel was he, did they say? His name was David. Oh. <laughs> so that's a, you know, pretty re- pretty Christian religious name right there. Yep. So <clears throat> wasn't uh, like uh, Gabriel or... No, he was David. Michelangelo. That's not right. <laughs> he wasn't a Ninja Turtle either. <laughs> Uh, but I, Michelangelo I, was a real guy, you know, it wasn't just a ninja. Turtle. I know that. I know that. <laughs> it wasn't an angel either. I don't think. Ask your, ask your average 17 year old though, and find out what they say. They don't know what a ninja turtle is. Yeah, that's true. They may not. <laughs> Michelangelo, who? Uh, Donatello, what? <laughs> that's right. So, so the movie was okay. I'd give it say like a six out of 10, maybe okay. Some, something like that. It's, it's worth checking out if if you want a couple of decent scares. Oh, something that bugged me though. They used the same um sort of uh, wake up from a dream scare three times in this film right always with sarah wayne callies and by the third time i was like well she's obviously dreaming or daydreaming she's gonna wake up and be startled and there'll be a loud noise and so it sort of wore off on me quick but right. uh that was that was the kid's way of getting to her so that's why they reused it right um but it was kind of <clears throat> kind of lame obvious yeah it was, yeah, was kind of lame um, she has a, a long nude scene in the shower. You don't see anything, but she's obviously naked being attacked by wolves. Wow. <laughs> so that's exciting. And, uh, they're hiding out in a, like a summer camp, but it's the winter. So nobody's there. And so it's like a big open, you know, mass shower type place. And she's right. in there all by herself. And it's very creepy and scary. No kidding. Yeah. Was there hot water? Yes. That's nice that the camp in the winter would turn on the hot water. <laughs> it is nice and leave the electricity on and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Well, you know? maybe, you know, maybe they ran the camp in the summer and uh, wanted to open up a restaurant and sent them running the camp and decided to kidnap an angel. Uh, sure. Why not? For ransom. <laughs> now, how did they explain uh, the politician being the father of an angel? Well, we only <clears throat> ever see his mother and the child is adopted. The uh, the politician oh, is a Oh, maybe is she's a, a demi-angel. Like God came down and... No. Um, anybody out there want to know the twist ending? Well, I do. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to give away the twist. If you don't want to hear the twist ending for Whisper, then uh, tune out now. Okay. Everyone's gone. So the twist is that the mother uh, of the boy is the one who hired them to kidnap him <sighs> so that because he's been driving her He's been driving her crazy and uh, tormenting her, right? Uh, because he's evil, and she just needed to to be kidnapped and killed so it didn't look like you know she killed her own child. So Josh Holloway knew this and didn't he want didn't, to open a restaurant. He didn't know this to begin with. Oh. He he's taking phone calls from the person who hired him with a disguised voice on the phone, right? And ultimately, he tracks the person down, kind of. And find, it's revealed that it's the boy's mother, and he's like, what the hell? And she explained to, explains to him what's going on, and then he says, I can't do it. I can't kill a child. You've hired the wrong guy, regardless of how evil he is, because he doesn't really know that the boy's evil. Right. And uh, she... Did, did she say, the boy is evil? Oh, yeah. She explains things. Awesome. And then she takes out a gun, and they're standing there, and she says, I'm really sorry to hear that. 
And then instead of shooting him, she shoots herself in the head because oh. she can't take it anymore. So that's the twist. And it was okay. Oh, good. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I'll give them that. You know, it, that's good. It, it didn't. It didn't hit me in the face. Gonna... Well, it did kind of hit me in the face, but you know, I didn't see the ball coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, so that's Whisper. I thought Sarah Wayne Callies was pretty good. The movie was okay, and uh, you know, she was kind of the victim for for most of it. I picked the wrong movie to watch. Oh, you sure did. <laughs> Holy jeez. I would watch Whisper a hundred times before watching the Celestine Prophecy again. Do it. Wow. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> no. One hundred times. No, thank you. Or watch the Celestine Prophecy again. And no playing Angry Birds this time. <laughs> oh, my God. That movie, Celestine Prophecy, felt so long, too. Oh, it was, all, it was so long. I don't know if it was like an hour and 20 minutes or if it was four hours, but it felt like four. It was 78 hours and 38 <laughs> minutes. Oh, my God. It was bad. So there we go. Uh, that is Sarah Wayne Callies. If you have any thoughts on her uh, past performance or anything she's done, send your comments into talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or call us on the Zomb line at one 483 zomb Let us know what you think. Awesome. Next Walking Dead actor spotlight in two weeks. Thank you for the drum roll. Will be John Bernthal. John Bernthal. He, of course, plays Shane on the program. And we are going to be watching a movie from 2007 called Day Zero. Cool. Don't know too much about that, but it is available on Netflix in Canada, so probably in the States. <clears throat> uh, we are also going to watch two episodes of Eastwick, which is a show from a few years ago based on the Witches of Eastwick, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's similar, yes. We're going to watch the pilot. We're going we're gonna to do the same thing we did with Prison Break. Watch the first episode, the pilot, and the last episode, which is number 13, called Pampered and Tampered. Ew. <laughs> Sounds a bit creepy. <laughs> and we are also going to watch The Ghost Writer from 2010. I've seen that already, so that'll be nice. You can watch it again. And I will. I will watch it again. Refresh your memory. And I've also seen a few episodes of Eastwick. Okay. Because well, it has, uh, what's his eyebrows in it? He was Canadian and... Paul Gross. Paul Gross. So uh, it's Paul Gross. We wanted to, Jenny and I wanted to check it out. You'll watch anything with Paul Gross. Right, pretty much. He's good. Except for Passchendaele. I haven't watched Passchendaele yet. That's apparently pretty good, too. You should well, watch it. I that. heard it was really good, but, uh, you know, you got to be in the mood for a World War I movie. It opened the Toronto International Film Festival last year or the year before. Yeah. I forget now. That's a big deal. So, Day Zero, Eastwick, Pilot, and Episode 13, and The Ghost Rider. And I might go back and watch the one episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother that he was on. Yep. Even though it was only for two seconds. Carlos. Plays Car Carlos. Carlos, yeah. Right at the end. Well, who's he? He's the guy that is that nobody knows at your party? No, he invited the girl that nobody knows oh, at the okay. party. All right. So but they, they, know... they also don't know who Carlos is. Right. So they generally don't know who anybody is. Yeah, they talk to the girl and says, uh, uh, who do you know here? Oh, I work with Carlos. <clears throat> who's Carlos? And right. He, you know, they have three parties and Carlos shows up at the third party. Alrighty, so we might check out Carlos as well, just because it'll be funny. I haven't seen that episode in a while. Yeah. That is going to do it for episode number 49 of The Talking Dead. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for being here, Mr. Miles. <clears throat> well, you're welcome, Christopher. And if you want to contact us, I highly recommend that you do so. Uh, the phone number is one eight six six four eight three zomb that is 483-9662. It's a toll-free call. You can call in your thoughts, no questions. No tolls. Or comments, and there will be no trolls. Or tolls. Or tolls. <laughs> That's right. Or anybody answering the phone. No, it's a voice... Don't fear. It's a voicemail line. You're not going to get me picking up the phone in the middle of the night going, oh, you know. Uh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Who 
who is this? It's not going to happen. We are on Twitter at Talking Dead, Facebook.com slash The Talking Dead, or of course, Talking Dead Podcast at gmail.com. Um, also, go and check out our friend Dave's zombie webcomic, Stranger. You can find that at iHeartUnicornsToo.com. He is going to be at the Toronto Fan Expo in August. And uh, as I said last time, we're going to have him on in the near future so he can remind people when that is and what he's going to be doing. We should have him on next week. I think so. Let's talk to him about that. Send him an email. Tell him or, uh, you know, call him or whatever. The next show, tell him to watch, you know, the shows we're going to watch and then bring him on. Yeah, or at least at least some of it. Or he can come on for the first half and then drop off. I mean, whatever he wants to do, really. Uh, I just hope everyone will go and, and check it out and like it on Facebook and uh, just see what he's doing because it's very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to do it. That's it. That's all. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks. Until then, the what? Bye. <laughs> I was going to try to think up a new uh, you know sign-off line. We need something. Yeah. Oh, I know. Big thank you to our... Um, our uh, sponsor, audible.com. Yeah. If you want to get a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash talking dead. So until next week, two the, weeks. The, uh, so until, until next time, until next time, the talking is dead. That's stupid. It is dumb. All right, bye. Bye.